We are so pumped up to be here at T-Mobile Arena tonight prior to the Vegas Golden Knights encounter with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, lineup news for the Golden Knights grabbed everybody's attention when it was revealed that Mark Stone would make his preseason debut, first time that he's played in the game, coming off the back surgery in the offseason. So that is something that we'll get into. We'll hear Bruce Cassidy's comments on that. The man that's in the battle for the number one goaltending position, Aiden Hill, will get his first complete start. There's got to be some uh, pressure on him tonight to match up what we've seen from Logan Thompson and Michael Hutchison so far. And then you have Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel, and Riley Smith skating together. This has uh, got the, the makings of a good one from the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it's a really experienced lineup for the Golden Knights. It's going to be uh, a large contingent of these players are going to be on the Golden Knights roster going into the regular season. So, um it's not a, a, a dress rehearsal. It's not a tune-up in the in the purest sense, but it's pretty close. And, and to me, it was the right spot to get this type of lineup into a preseason game. How many more you get beyond this one will be interesting. But I think it was the right time to at least get your top six out there. I've got a very important shout-out to come later on in this segment. But first, I want to bring in Bruce Cassidy, who spoke ahead of tonight's game, and the sender of everybody's attention is Mark Stone. Here's Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, he's in tonight. Well, I think we all are, right? Him the most, to be honest with you. Um, I think his rehabilitation from surgery has gone really well. He's checked all the boxes, met all the requirements, and this was going to be the uh, kind of final one for him. So I'm sure he's more excited than all of us and good to get him out there. And then the flip side is that is get it you know, back up to speed, game speed, and how does he feel the next day, right? Because there's a recovery part of it too after a game. So that's probably the last thing for him. But um, this will be number one, and we'll see how he does. And if there's more to come or we just roll into the regular season, but one day at a time for him. And uh, I don't – he's looked good in practice, to be honest with you. So I don't think he'll look rusty other than the mental – part of having a surgery and, and how is he going to, you know, how, how do you absorb the hits that come along with that, right? I don't think it'll be anything to do with the game situations, all that. He'll be clean and it's probably more that mental block that he just has to fight through. A really key week for Mark Stone, uh, taking part in all the practices uh, as well as yesterday's scrimmage, building off that with this morning's pregame skate and goes into the game tonight. The next 12 hours, we'll be watching. Mm -hmm. the yeah. game and then the recovery and how he feels tomorrow but all indications are he's in a really good spot yeah I, I, it's a good it's a good tune-up for mark stone to get into this game tonight and then you've got a little bit of downtime if you want to call it that over the course of the next couple of days for the golden knights just from a, from a practice perspective right so you you have an an opportunity to give the body maybe a little bit more time to to rest recover and 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 deal with the bumps and bruises that you might incur from a game and then you're hitting the second week you're hitting uh the 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 tail end of preseason the tail end of training camp and you know how Mark responds to the stimulus is going to be important. How he recovers from it's going to be important, and you know I, I think that you're just kind of allowing Mark to call the shots when it comes to how many games he's going to need 
and how his body's responding. Yeah, it makes sense that he's going tonight, to be quite honest. It's mm-hmm. a home game that, uh, that you can lead up to. You've got uh, everybody uh, in the corner, medical people, trainers, uh, certainly management and coaches uh, all on hand inside your own facility where he's comfortable. So that's great. Uh, Monday, you're coming off a, a, a team-building com- trip that, uh, that they're going to take uh, up north. And so that's going to lead to a practice on Monday and then the game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that anybody uh, uh, coming off surgery would be uh, totally comfortable with that. Now, if everything goes great tonight, fine, put them in there. Sure. But uh, that wouldn't be the perfect scenario for your first game, uh, certainly. And then you've got the two games in Salt Lake City and Boise where you're playing in non-NHL facilities and as travel. So tonight is perfect sense. After tonight, if everything's great, I'm not sure he needs another game. He'd probably like to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Cassidy has said a couple of times where uh, the the older guys uh, on the roster, uh, even though they're more experienced, sometimes need a little bit more rep, a little bit more runway to go into. Uh, I, I would think that he would play one of the three games next week, but I it, there's there's reasons why he would play in some and not play in the other, so it's it's a tough one to nail down. But I think he'll play in another one. Yeah, I I, I get the sense that Mark probably wants to. How you kind of get there is going to be the interesting thing going into next week. Is it just going to be you know tonight and perhaps Tuesday? Then you've got a full week between you know your last preseason game and your first game of the regular season. Seven days off, maybe not ideal, but at least it gets you into two games. Or do you want to use one of those final two preseason games, although there's travel, although it's it's not an NHL venue specifically, if you utilize one of those as a dress rehearsal and you ice next to or if not your actual game one lineup, then you know maybe, maybe that's something that kind of pushes Mark one way or another to make a decision. I'm not really well, sure. But the other reason why you'd want him back in, is to give that whole line another rep, right? Well, right, exactly. And 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 that's the thing. You you know, as much as we talked about, or I brought up the idea that you, you want reps for Mark and Jonathan and and Chandler Stevenson. I, I think that you know one opportunity is is maybe not allowing them to have that that full experience and, and get themselves tuned up. So yeah, I, I'm with you in that. I think the more reps you can get, the better. Sorry about your back. Um, and I, I think that, you know, if Mark can go into preseason games, you, you got to do it. This will be the first time that Bruce Cassidy coaches Mark Stone. Yeah. There's there's that mm. part of it, too. So they're, they're getting to know a little bit. But it, it hasn't taken Bruce long to respect the uh, abilities of Mark Stone to stand out defensively. Here's the head coach. No, I think it is what it is. It's it's the stick and hands, quick hands. He's in the right spot. He anticipates well. I guess maybe that you're watching a little more in practice. It's almost like he's inside of the head of the defenseman going back on the puck or wherever he's, you know, and, and, and finds himself angling one way and then all of a sudden he's in the right spot when the puck moves and that's why he's able to pick them off. So he's, he's a bit of a ghost that way when it comes to his forecheck ability. And... That's just a, a special talent of knowing exactly when, you know, you feel the player is going to make his move with the puck and, and, and getting in between the, where it's going. That's a great summarization of Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes when a coach will say he's like a ghost out there, and it's not a compliment. But in this case, it's fully on board with his ability and penchant for 
jumping out of nowhere and knocking a puck down, and the the player that just gave up the biscuit is mm-hmm. what just happened there? How'd that how'd that occur? Yeah, there's a lot of times Mark Stone will strip a puck, and your opponent in in, in that situation is just trying to understand how it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the second time Bruce Cassidy has been absolutely elite in explaining a player. Sakari Manin, he's slippery. Slippery. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And we know he, Bruce will kind of explain it to us in, in terms of what he means and what he's understanding, and, and, and we understand it better. Mark Stone is like a ghost out there in, in stripping pucks and getting in the right place and anticipating what an opponent's going to do. Everything Mark Stone does is right up here. It's it's all in his. It's all the way that he thinks the game, all the way that he sees the game, and how, as long as he's got that, he's always going to find pucks on his stick. He's always going to be able to make those plays that we only know Mark Stone can make. I'm really excited to see him in a game where his mind is going the rate that it is, and his body's holding up too. Well, the hockey IQ of Mark Stone yeah. tells you that he's not going to have any issues grasping the system that they put in place yeah. uh, with Bruce Cassidy. So he's the the last one to kind of get a rep uh, under this uh, scenario. But everybody else has been really good at coming along here. Think about what they've given up so far in this preseason to the other team. Mm-hmm. Like two goals to, to L.A. to start. One's an empty netter. Mm-hmm. So, so two goals there. Uh, then one goal and, and lost in, in overtime. So in regulation, they've given up four goals yeah. in three games. Yeah. That's huge. Here's Bruce Cassidy on if this team is as good defensively and played as well in their own end as the stats say it is. I do. I think so. Uh, lineups will break down the system better as we go here. As you see better offensive players. So the, the, the first test is are the players buying into it? Are they going to the right spots? Are they you know, figuring it out, so to speak. They are now with better players able to break it down. How will we respond? Will we stick with it? Or, you know, will we, I don't want to say panic, but try to do someone else's job because it looks like it's going to break down. But part of what we're doing in our end, there's a bit of bend, but don't break mentality as well. There is areas, pockets of the ice we're willing to surrender to take away the good areas and then force some sort of, to make mistakes into the good area with the puck where we have numbers or, you know, us eventually angle them when they're in that bad area with, you know, and be able to end the plays there. So there's a little bit of that's going on. So we've been able to do the latter very well playing against good players. They probably won't put themselves in some of those spots as easily as what we've seen. So, but I've also seen it work against some really good NHL teams for years. Uh, So I do believe we'll be fine with it. Um, and I think the numbers will stay consistent with that in terms of what we're giving up. Bruce Cassidy speaking this morning uh, ahead of the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, and, and I, I don't disagree with anything that Bruce said there. Like Obviously, as the competition starts to get closer and closer to NHL rosters, you're going to you're going to give up chances. It's going to happen. There will be breakdowns. There will be teams that are able and good enough to kind of exploit certain aspects of the game. But I'm encouraged by what you know we've seen so far from the Golden Knights in terms of being stingy defensively because that was kind of the aspect I thought you'd have to work on a little bit more. That would that would take time to come, and it still might. But early on, we've seen that this team has been willing to just kind of 
take away the middle, keep everything to the outside. And if they are bought into that and they're playing the way that Bruce Cassidy wants them to, it, it should in turn lead to, you know, more predictable chances against. And and as you are kind of going through which guy's gonna gonna win out? Is it gonna be Logan Thompson? Is it gonna be Aiden Hill? Michael Hutchinson? Is he still here? What's gonna happen when Loren Brossois is healthy? If you are giving goaltenders predictable shots and predictable things, they should be able to stop those pucks. They should be able to read off of their defenders and have some good good, good outings. It, it was fascinating to hear Bruce talk us through that because mm-hmm. I thought he was going down one path and he went down another with the ghost of Mark Stone. He tricked me on, <laughs> on that. But the, the, the bend not break philosophy mm-hmm. tells me that, that you can you can let the opposition slide into an area where they think that they're going to have a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. But and it might look like a good opportunity in, in, in the shot chart and in, a, in close to proximity to the, to the net. But because you have numbers there, it actually works against that, that player mm-hmm. who's, who's normally in a traditional uh, grade-A spot. So uh, I, I love what he's doing. He's, he's almost um, tricking the opposition. You're going to get here. You're going to be really excited about it. But once you get there, we're all over it. And we're going to be able to defend that way. So, uh, interesting explanation from the Golden Knights head coach. What I love about it, too, is there's a psychological aspect of the way Bruce is going to allow teams certain areas, but then it's not going to lead to much of anything, right? Because if you play it well, and if you've got a team out there that's starting to get frustrated by it, that's getting getting into a point in the game where they feel like there should be better quality chances or there should be goals on the board and they're not there it's going to lead to forced plays it's going to lead to you know some of the things that we've seen teams that have a lot of possession or possession time in the offensive zone do and you can feast on that if you're playing structured our offense is going to come from our defense a lot of that has to do with frustrating your opponent too well sometimes the opposition will make a nice play and then what happens if the defensive strategy breaks down goaltender has to come up with a big save and tonight that job falls on the shoulders of Aiden Hill who's a big body making a bid to be this team's number one goaltender back to Butch Cassidy well we would hope that his his ability to take up a lot of the net um, from those outside shots you've seen it right there's been a lot of stuff from the outside where goalies have to fight through their own defenseman and the other team's screen. We would hope his style of play is conducive to that. He's a big body that can be more of a blocker in those situations, right, than a smaller guy. So that should help him. Um, the plays around the front of the net, he's long. Be able to go post to post should help him if there's any of those situations. So um, that's what we're looking for from him. Tracking pucks would be a big barometer of how well he plays for us tracking pucks from the point um and then controlling rebounds right and that's that was lt uh, you know that the other night um and and that's the ask right now and, and when the breakdowns come obviously you're gonna need the big save right whether that's a, a shorthanded breakaway because you, you know you get a shot block or if there's duplication in d zone all of a sudden there is a guy opening a slot and you know that's something that's hard to project how that'll work out we can we're we can project the stuff that we're controlling right now. We, th- we, th- we think Aiden will be very good in that area. The other stuff, well, we'll have to wait and see. 
Uh, Logan Thompson has surrendered one goal in four plus periods of work. The one goal did occur off a rebound that ended up in the front of the net and was converted by the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, so that's an area that has been very focused on by Sean Burke and, and Bruce Cassidy, that you have to make sure that you're uh, very clean in that area or you have to rescue yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's Aiden Hill tonight is, is going to have to deal with it. Can I just go goalie geek on you for a little bit right, yeah, right now? Yeah, uh, Aiden Hill, like... Logan Thompson has got the gold pads going tonight, and they, and they are shiny. They, they look fantastic. Gold gloves, the gold jersey with the golden age coming, and this will be the first time that we see him with his VGK themed goalie mask tonight, and it's all gold, and it looks fantastic. So he'll, he'll be a, a combination of C-3PO out there, uh, with a whole lot more dexterity and uh, and and style uh, on the ice, it's it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I, I thought you were going a different direction when you said you're going to go goalie geek on me. I thought you were going to like talk about the nuance of the position. But no, no I'm uh, all gold style, all gold. That's yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Um, I I love kind of the the sheen on uh, on on Aiden Hill's uh, gold pads. I I cannot wait to see the 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 bucket because it's it's just awesome so yeah I'm, I'm excited to see Aiden Hill fully decked out uh you know the first couple of days of practice with the with the teal stick and the teal helmet uh, against the gold pads and, and that backdrop and it was, bugged him too because we funny. talked about it because yeah. they had some some stickers over top of his yeah. San Jose mask but he said you can still see some of the teal coming through <laughs> and it just didn't, didn't feel right tonight tonight he's 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 got the full kit yeah, yeah, he does, and it'll it'll be fun to watch Aiden Hill get a full game. It'll fun. It, I I, I kind of made the argument right that that I wanted to see Aiden go through his full routine, getting ready to go into a game. Uh, he's going to get the opportunity to start the game, finish the game tonight, and I'm I'm thinking that you know along the same lines of Bruce Cassidy, he's a goaltender with size, and and as long as he's able to kind of read and react about, uh, to what's in front of him and find those pucks through traffic. His size should be a massive factor for him and his success with what Bruce Cassidy wants his team to defend. I've talked a lot about Mark Stone individually and that line going tonight for the first time in the preseason. A second look at Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, and Phil Kessel. We have not spent more than a minute on Paul Cotter, who goes again tonight. Yeah. So make it four games in a row to start for the VGK hopeful. You know, I, I feel like yesterday was kind of the Paul Cotter show, um, and with with good reason, right? He, 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 he was on us. the show. He was on the show, so that's number one for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I think that Paul Cotter is, is, is certainly one of the bigger storylines for the Golden Knights going into here game number four and, and what he's been able to do so far in the preseason. And, you know, in talking to him yesterday, it's all about continuing to do the things you need to do. It's all about what he's going to do. Everything Paul Cotter's done to this point, I think in his mind, it, it doesn't mean much unless you follow it up with your next good performance, unless unless you come out here and have a good game tonight. So the, the challenge right now when it comes to Paul Cotter is not so much if we're talking about him today, is he going to be the guy we're talking about on Monday? Mm-hmm. Because if he's the guy we're talking about on Monday, that means he had another strong game and he's making it harder and harder and harder to deny him. Play with Zach Dean and Jonas Rombierg tonight. He's played with Ron Bierk before, mm-hmm. but Dean is a first. So it's another 
new combination, the fourth in four games. It feels like the coaches are challenging him. Like, you, can you do it again? Mm-hmm. Can you do it again? It feels like that because that's what's happening. They're, they're setting him up, saying challenging him. Can you put forth another solid effort again like you did the game before? And I think there is something to be said for changing the line mates every single game because it's trying to really get a baseline understanding of how versatile is Paul Cotter. How many different ways can he help this team? How many different teammates can he play with? How many different styles can he play with and still be noticeable and still do the things that he needs to do with and without the puck? And I think that the more games he gets into where he's kind of moved around and he's playing with different guys and he's he's getting an opportunity maybe with more offensive guys like he had the, the other night, and now it's going to be more of a of a grind type of game for, for Paul Cotter. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how he fares today because you're starting to get into he's done it four, four games in a row and if, he, if it continues five games in a row six games in a row you're seeing the consistency that he was challenged to show you well he wants to be that guy that pushes on the left side to get a job yeah, yeah Ron Beard, same way on the right side it, there's uh, there's some urgency in Ron Beard's game right now yeah. to not just be responsible at both ends of the ice but to to chip in some points and, and put it up. Uh, same with uh, Lissitian, who tonight will, will play on, on the wing. But all three of those players who we saw so much of last year need to take advantage of this opportunity in this camp. And now that you're hitting the midway mark of the preseason, Cotter's done his part in making some noise. I think Lissitian and Ron Bierk are probably, in if they were going to be totally... 100% honest, mm-hmm. would like to, to put some uh, some points on the board. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're looking at it going into this game, Paul Cotter's created separation, right? And, and there's a couple of ways that that gap can be closed. Either Paul Cotter has a bad game, or Jonas Rombjerg and Jake LeCision have a really strong outing, strong performance, and all of a sudden that gap shrinks. So I'm very curious to see how it pans out and where we're at with all three of those players after tonight's game. Because, again, as, as, as good of a camp and as, as strong as Paul Cotter has been to this point, you have to just keep doing it. That's the ask. And, and it, it might seem unfair, but it, it is the reality of you're a player trying to break in. You're a player trying to get your name on this roster come opening night, whatever the case may be. You have to be good every single night. That's the baseline expectation. He's matched it through three preseason games. Whether or not he's able to do it for four, five, six, or seven, that remains to be seen. Well, he scored goals in two of them. Yeah. He found the net in the shootout in the other. And the game that he didn't score in regulation, uh, he was he was physically yeah. present and, and noticeable. So that's if you're not going to score, you've got to be physically involved and and he's been able to do that with with his game so uh a lot th- thank you paul cotter by the way not for just coming on the show yesterday but he's really made this fun uh, <laughs> in a training camp and he's and he's such a cool personality from yeah. wearing the fedoras last year to the game uh when he got called up scoring a couple of goals and then this year making this push uh with uh, a bunch of different angles physically with skill uh, with the shootout goal. There's there's a lot of fun to talk about this kid with. All I'm saying is 
assuming he makes this team, I, I know he said he'd kind of tame it down a bit with the uh, the fedora. With the fedora, I, I think that's a mistake. Paul Cotter, if you can hear me, if you're listening, well, he said Marshy was Marshy was talking. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's that like whether or not he wears the fedora, we all know Marshy's going to talk anyway, right? So like that's that's the reality of the situation. Paul Cotter, wear the fedora, buddy. Well, he's inspired me to put on the fedora or uh, you have a fedora. Like uh, well, I'm gonna get one. Oh, you don't have one. No, I don't have one. Oh, a but I would like to. Uh, I'd like to go that route uh, at some point this on the, this year on, on, the, the, on the panel on the broadcast. I want a bucket. I'm gonna don the bucket. I'm also wearing the hoodie. I've got a I, lot, couple you, of questions about the hoodie. You've said and that's a regular season thing. I'm not wearing that. that during the the preseason. I got a I, the hat, the fedora, How? or type to some type of style on my head. If I'm going to cover up this hair, it's got to be a really good hat. And oh, then the, the fedora uh, will give way to uh, a hoodie. So very different looks, So, but it's going to be awesome. How often are you going to rock the hoodie? I'm curious. Uh, probably uh, maybe three times this year. That's it? Yeah. Because you're, like, on the fence about it or what? No, no. I just don't want to overdo it. I probably oh. only wear the same suit three times all year. Really? I got a lot of suits. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I got me. a lot of suits. You got a suit guy here? Yep. Oh. Gary Franzen. Oh, if nice. You, if, you, if you want me to hook you up, Gary's awesome. Former baseball player, loves golf, mm-hmm. drives a big caddy. Nice. He's the man. Uh, I've got a big shout-out to come when oh. we come back. Plus, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and we got some injury updates for you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. To Mark Stone's preseason debut tonight. Uh, not the only one taking place in the National Hockey League on this exhibition schedule. Alexander Ovechkin suiting up for the first time this fall tonight uh, for the Washington Capitals. So uh, I, I think if anybody was still on the fence with Mark Stone being held out until the, the fourth game, mm-hmm. uh, Ovi's uh, just going in and a bunch of the Colorado Avalanche haven't played yet. Yeah, well, you know, makes sense on Colorado. They're still partying. Yeah, they are. Uh, listen, as far as Ovechkin goes, don't score any in the preseason. No, don't waste them. Don't waste the goals. Chase down uh, Gordie Howe and then Wayne Gretzky. Trevor Zegras, we talked about him getting belted the other night in the Anaheim game against Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks say, this is from head coach Dallas Eakins, uh, we're sending Zegris for a more in-depth look, and hopefully we'll have those results uh, tomorrow. We're in a holding pattern on that. That's uh, concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, again, a needless hit in a preseason game from a player that's not going to play in the NHL, and it could potentially be... Uh, a while before Trevor Zegers plays. We'll, we'll see kind of what the official update is once they're out of the holding pattern. But uh, the fact that there's no real immediate understanding or timeline uh, makes you makes you nervous a little bit. I, I need him back because he's going to be a guest on my podcast next week. So I need always, him back in the lineup. There's, always, it's very always selfish. About you. Always very about selfish. You. Uh, Trevor, I'm sending you all the best. I've been watching the waiver wire throw <laughs> training camp, wondering, I wonder if somebody will try because there's a bunch of guys every day mm-hmm. go through waivers, mm-hmm. and somebody can anybody can claim them. I wonder if somebody will try to sneak a player through midway through camp. Get the time to do it. Yeah, 
Well, Colorado tried. Oh. Jonas Johansson, the goaltender who played the third period here yeah. the other night, yeah. played the uh, half the game against uh, Vegas, the, the game number one of the preseason. Uh, they slipped him into waivers, and he was claimed by the Arizona Coyotes. Now, here's Johansson. He's been he's been on waivers a bunch of times and keeps getting picked up. Yeah, actually signed with with Colorado this year. Uh, it, it's crazy. He was playing in Florida last year. But he wasn't playing. He was just backing up. Uh-huh. And then they would recall Spencer Knight and play Spencer Knight, and Johansson would back up. Yeah. It was weird. He, he, I feel kind of bad for the guy, uh, but he's going to uh, play for the Arizona Coyotes now. See, the problem that Colorado didn't realize is that the Arizona Coyotes only have one goaltender. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all they had. So the first goaltender that hit waivers, they were going to claim because they literally do not have. Well, they have Kozanash. Right? Uh, yeah. Except, but and the only reason I mention him is because a year ago he played in this building. Yeah. And none of us had a clue on how to say his name, my, including the San Jose people where he was uh, my, uh, playing right now. My, my point is like a legitimate, uh, proven NHL goaltender. Like Kojanash, sure, but I, I think that the Arizona Coyotes were going to claim any goaltender that hit waivers just simply because the, the organizational depth there just is not what it needs to be. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers say that Carter Hart, the goaltender, uh-huh. is expected to be ready for the season opener. He was cleared for practice, hasn't been in practice, hasn't played in, the, in any of the preseason games. Uh, apparently they're just being overly cautious with Carter Hart, and he told the media that he is anticipating being available for the start of the season. They don't have that, uh, that security blanket as a backup this year. I mean, are they going to give him reps in the preseason? Is that going to happen? Or are we, we just talking about he'll practice for a week and you know, game number one for him is going to be game number one of the year? I don't know. This, he's going to be practicing okay. now, yeah. which wasn't the case before. Sure. I don't know whether he's going to get into a game, to be quite honest. It was a very ambiguous report <laughs> from the he's, Philadelphia Flyers. He, he might physically be ready for the beginning of the year. I don't know about uh, – I don't know if he's going to be ready from a reps perspective. I, I – I, personally feel like you need to get Carter Hart into one or two preseason games if you can make it work. Remember, he's got torts there, too. Yeah. That's like, a, I mean, I, I that's hear you. It's a, a little bit, uh, like, all over you. Gotta, gotta, per- ear. gotta perform. Uh, Carl gotta perform. Dahlstrup from the Toronto Maple Leafs will require surgery and be out six months after injuring his shoulder. Uh, we talked about the beat-up blue line with yeah. the, the Maple Leafs, so mm-hmm. part of the reason why they came to the conclusion that uh, they had to get Rasmus Sandin signed and why Rasmus Sandin said, oh, I'll go back in because I might play up the lineup a, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've lost Dahlstrom for six months. I, it sucks for Dahlstrom. Um, that's a bummer. Uh, I, I will say this, though. I loved in the aftermath of Rasmus Sandin signing that contract, the messaging coming out of, I just, it, it was time because my team needed me, right? Mm-hmm. It was time because the injuries and this is why I took this deal and, and all that. Like, I love. He's the, not wrong. I, he's not wrong. There were desperate. Jordy Benz out I, three I, weeks. Listen, we're, we're like unironically talking about Mitch Marner being a defenseman. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I get it. I'm just saying it's always good when you can kind of change the narrative about you. Like, how are you how are you not signed yet right like all toronto fans how is this not happening what are you doing why can't you just sign the contract to 
I've signed the contract because it's the betterment of the team and I am with my teammates and they need me right now and that is what is front of mind for me. I love it. It's great. Well, he doesn't have to compete for a five, I, six I job. He might play. Why. He might be two, three. I get why The way he things did it. are going. Yeah, it, it might be. It probably is going to be and it's a great opportunity for him to do some damage there because it's all about what happens next. Two-year deal, it's wise to do that as you kind of look at the projection of where the salary cap's going to be. Smart move. Uh, I also uh, am just so excited about the prospect of seeing Mitch Marner play in the blue line and defend. Like there's small blue liners. Uh, Jared Spurgeon uh, in in Minnesota. Yeah, they thought yeah. he was the stick boy when he reported that training camp. Honestly, uh, and he, he's so so young and small. Cal uh, McCarr isn't the biggest guy in the world. Yeah. He can defend. Mitch Marder can skate really really well. Yeah. So you can defend just like Lucas Cormier. We've talked about. You don't want to get into a physical battle for, uh, for the puck when you're defending. When you're a player like that, you got to use your feet. You got to use your your stick. Uh, but Mitch Marner playing a regular shift in a regular season game on the blue line on purpose is has like must see TV. So what what would what would your like ideal split of Mitch Marner up front, Mitch Marner on the blue line be? One hundred percent up front. Okay. I don't want to like like if if I'm if I'm trying to win the game, I don't want to see him on the blue line. If if I'm Darren Millard and I want to see a spectacle, <laughs> I'll watch him on the blue line, and and see it, how he tries to to stop somebody one on one, or tell you, or, like, move, or take away somebody's stick, or move a body, yeah. box out uh, no, in front of the net. I'll tell you what I want is like dream scenario here is Mitch Marner back. It's a two on one with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. <laughs> oh, buddy, I don't mind that. Because no. he, he he'll he'll probably know exactly what they're gonna do. No no no, it it would not end well. I I don't mind that part of it. It's the coming down one on one and and trying to do the pivot or or boxing out in front of the net, taking away the opportunity for that player to to get. I guess uh, 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 the 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 strength of the puck in front of the crease. Yeah, I I I don't think Mitch Marner on defense is gonna be something that's wise but it could be funny i'm telling you toronto always seems to outsmart themselves like they're they're smarter than everybody else told you it's director of hockey strategy baby uh the department of player safety department that's a real department has handed down a suspension uh jake doty has received a two-game penalty Mm -hmm. for interference on uh san jose's jeffrey veal that uh la kings forward uh, jake doty will sit out the next two games He's eligible to participate in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what that means? Preseason games. Oh, well, good. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't know that. That, that is interesting. Um, you know, Doty was the one that threw the the check the other day on uh, Alex Petrangelo and, and the the player on the Kings that uh, Daniil Cheka challenged for a brief moment in time. Um, He's I, got a job. I think Be physical, right? No, no, no! I'm talking about I'm talking about Chaka. He, he challenged Doty for yeah. a brief moment in time. Um, I but, mean, that, uh, but Doty's that's Doty's that's, job, that's, right? That's that's how he plays, right? Like yeah. that's how he's going to get noticed. That's how he's going to kind of turn heads. He's he's a physical, big guy that's looking to make some plays with his body. That that's what it is. I didn't see the hit um, that he was suspended for, but you know, obviously you're, you're talking about a two game suspension. It couldn't have been good. No, uh, it, it it wasn't good. 
I always, uh, part of me from the old referee days, like two game suspension for interference. That means uh, he, he got in there really late, and yeah. he did. He did. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning clobbered tonight by the Nashville Predators. But they've also moved their training camp to Nashville. Uh, we wish everybody with the Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. organization uh, all the best. They don't know what they're going back to. Yeah. Uh, all the families, everybody moved to Nashville uh, with the uh, with the Lightning when they moved their training camp because of Hurricane Ian. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to try and get uh, get back and get settled. But uh, I, I haven't heard about Emily and any the damage there. But. We've all seen the the pictures on the news, and oh, it's yeah. devastating. Yeah, it's absolutely um, devastating, and you know the the it, it's it's interesting because we're you know a week into the season, more or less preseason anyway, and already the Tampa Bay Lightning are dealing with something that's bigger than hockey. Mm-hmm. So you you gotta just kind of throw in this in the it, games don't count, but you gotta throw anything kind of out the window as you've got players and families that are just wondering what the next week or two are going to look like for him. So John Cooper's won two of the last three Stanley Cups as a head coach. He's been in the Stanley Cup final as a head coach three straight years. Uh And it continues to get odd. There's no, like, settle in and just be normal for a while. Mm -hmm. He had had the bubble. He had the year after the bubble during COVID. Uh, Last season... Uh, a third-place team in the in the division dealing with the loss of the third line, and now a hurricane goes through uh, the, the Tampa Bay area, and they got to recover from that and, and go along that line. It just keeps you keeps you they on are, your toes. They are the most resilient team yeah. in the NHL. It, incredible, right? Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Awesome. Uh, those are your one-timers for Friday, September fifth. Tomorrow is October 1st. We'll talk about uh, that as we come back for final thoughts on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights up against the San Jose Sharks tonight. A pregame show in a matter of minutes on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Ryan Wallace. Thank you to Tony here at uh, T-Mobile Arena, who was nice enough, after listening to the uh, to the show via the podcast the other night, uh, brought me up a chair that doesn't have springs in it. So if I get up and I sit back down right away, I'm not going to fall on my back the way I did the other day. So thanks, Tony. You know, <laughs> you know whose chair this is? Whose chair is it? George Strait's. Oh, wow. They, they took this, the springs out of it because George doesn't want the, the seat flipping up. Same thing he does. I got George Strait's chair yeah, right here. Yeah, Me. How good is that? Thanks so much, Tony. I know Tony, by the way. Tony's uh, thanks, awesome. Thanks so much, Tony. Now I got to live with Darren talking about how he's got George Strait's chair. George Strait's got a car. Wait, I got a no, chair. No, no, no. Wait, I'm I sh- sorry. I should write a song like I'm sorry. that. I'm sorry. I got no, a no, chair. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's not uh, It's not Darren is using George Strait's chair. It's George Strait is going to be using Darren Millard's chair. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if George wants me to autograph this before yeah, I'm sure, when he comes back. I'm sure that's the only thing missing from his collection. I got a chair. Uh, now keep going. Tomorrow Come on. We've got time. is 1 October, and we all reflect and... Uh, 
look back at, uh, at what happened and obviously uh, send thoughts and prayers to those that uh, that were injured in this process and uh, families of the victims. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will be uh, all over the valley uh, tomorrow morning uh, making appearances, uh, first responders, and uh, uh, just uh, doing their part the way they did when the incident happened. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It, the more time passes, the the more it, it, it feels like no time's passed at all, which is just a strange thing. And, um, you know, I think everyone obviously was affected by that night and some people certainly way more than others. But, um, you know, the, the one thing that that I always come back to when, when you start to think about October 1st and, and what happened and where the community was in the aftermath of that, um, it was a sense of togetherness it was a sense of being in in all of this for one another and and that was one of those moments where i think it put las vegas on the map for being the community of people that it is and that we all know that live here uh, know it to be and um if nothing else i'm incredibly proud of that uh, vegas golden knights uh doing multiple appearances tomorrow also a blood drive uh, taking place so if you can give uh please do so dave gosher uh leading our crew uh, on that front as the Golden Knights uh, will play tonight and then have a uh, the appearances tomorrow and then a couple of days of team building uh, up in Montana before returning for a practice on Monday. The annual trip to Montana is, uh, is something that they've looked forward to every year during training camp and uh, has become uh, bigger and better and grander and I, I think is uh, is going to be really important for this uh, group this year with, uh, with moving parts. Uh, it's it's players only. They go up there and they they have some fun and uh, and just become a group. Yeah, you you can't really you know put a put a premium or, or a price on on how important it's going to be for this team to gel and and be together and and enjoy being around one another on a daily basis. And team building is important, especially in hockey. Uh, and for a Golden Knights team last year that had. You know, different people in and out of the lineup pretty much all year long. I think it's going to be nice to just try to, to build that foundation with the guys you're hoping will be in the lineup every single night. I'm not even sure everybody went on the trip last year because there's so many injuries. Yeah, they may have not. stayed yeah. uh, back for, for treatment. But yeah. a much better situation, much better vibe going into that journey this year and uh, ability to uh, to really get to know each other, the new guys, uh, like, a, like a Phil Kessel joining this team. Uh, Jack Eichel wasn't part of the organization last year at this time, so uh, pretty neat uh, that they get up to uh, Montana for uh, a couple of days and then come back and play on Tuesday. And that'll be the home stretch of the, the preseason. Tuesday, yeah. Thursday, Saturday. Yeah, it will. It'll be... Uh It'll be really interesting, honestly, to, to see kind of what we get next week from the Golden Knights, how they look to wind down preseason, but it means we're a week closer to the regular season. I'm right. all about that. Well, it's, it's funny. It's been such a, a crazy pace under Bruce Cassidy, and it's been awesome. And the, uh, the practices have been so up-tempo. Uh, it'll be fun to watch whether you taper it at the end or you use this weekend as a, a lull and then crank it back up uh, next week. The Golden Knights up against the San Jose Sharks. It's all coming up. The pregame show is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Have a good weekend, everybody.